Hello and welcome along to another edition of the Irish F1 show, as always, in association with PFT Travel. Uh, PFT Travel, if you want a bus to maybe a race, to a stag, to a hen, to the bingo, whatever, contact them. You get them on Facebook and on Instagram. Rapco deserves a shout as well. Barry is coming to us live from Rapco HQ here as we record. And Richard Carney, of course, RK Engineer, and we give PalaceStories.ie a shout out as well. What's McDermott's company, Richie? Well, we're at. I do forget that every now and then. Uh, KSMPN or there we go. So you can get KPSM or uh, <laughs> on social media there as well. So we want to say thank you to our uh, listeners. It seems like uh, according to our figures anyway that listening is definitely the preferred option. And sure, look, I suppose when you see these three mugs up on the screen, that could be a fairly obvious reason why. <laughs> but uh, speak for yourself, Spray Rabbit, uh, <laughs> lads. We'll talk a bit about F one. What did you make of? Last weekend, is there anything that we could bring to the table that's a little bit different from the previous two? And Baz, I'll start with you here this evening. Yeah, I think it was probably one of the best races, if not the best race we've had so far um, of the season. Um, the sprint race in particular was very enjoyable, I thought. Uh, you know, there was a bit of, bit of rain, a bit of strategy came into it as a result. Uh, less grip, no DRS, you know, it's kind of made, made a good race of it. Uh, it's uh, a circuit too that can kind of promote a bit of o- overtaking, overtaking. So uh, yeah, I think all, all told, it was uh, a couple of good days races um, over the over the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, anything to be learned from it, hard to know. Yeah, sorry, your audio went funny, and then I was just about to stop you in the game back. Whatever was going on, but basically you you were saying it was the best race that you last year anyway, and yeah, maybe renewed a little bit of an interest. Yeah, I mean, like obviously. Verstappen drove away from the front um, in, in basically both cases. In the sprint race, he had to drive across the grass to get away from the front a little bit with, with Perez not seeing him, apparently, um, which is maybe a little bit hard to believe. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it was a, a couple of good races uh, everywhere further back. Um, and probably a whole host of reasons for that, as I said, the rain, the, the strategy, the... You know, the no DRS made it interesting. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but in the sprint race on the Saturday, um, they had to, you know, try and get better exits, get, you know, cutbacks over under certain manoeuvres and then do the, do the overtake around the outside or into the corner. But as soon as the DRS came on with about five or six laps to go, all that stopped and they just start passing each other on the straights again. So, yeah, we're kind of beating that drum a little bit, but I think they definitely have to look at the DRS for a number of reasons. Richard, you're vindicated with that particular comment. Yeah, yeah, I was going to touch on it, but Barry, Barry already did. Um, just to say, yeah, good, good weekend. Take Max out of the equation. There was some really good racing right through the grid. Um, the drop of rain, the sprint race, the wet sprint race, no DRS. Sure, it just speaks for itself. You actually had to overtake properly for a change, and once it dried up and the DRS was reactivated, as Barry said, the racing just sort of stopped again and turned process- processional. Um, but other than that, like, like, honestly, at this stage, they do need to look at the DRS and they do need to look at, at changing it, changing the DRS format or changing, do away with it altogether, maybe. Or, uh, I'm not quite sure, but um, but overall, yeah, good weekend racing for a change. Yeah, yeah for sure. I was just thinking there, um, whenever Loeb was, was doing so well, maybe you can even liken it to Schumacher, the most popular thing in the betting exchanges was the winner without, say, Loeb or Schumacher, and now that's what you're looking at nearly with, 
with Verstappen. But I suppose based all that over this year so far, I don't think the Clare would have been exactly in the frame for whatever reason, not due to talent as we know. But um, obviously a bit of a standout, lads, um, wherever you look, one, two, three, yeah? Yeah, well, like the Ferraris came back a little bit at it too, which was which was good to see. But yeah, I mean, I read it somewhere. Someone says, "Explain F one to me," and he said, "It's a, uh, it's a lot of drivers racing to see who finishes behind Max Verstappen." That's 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 pretty much what it is at the moment. Um, and you know, that's that's just the way it goes. It's always been like that. You know, we've always had uh, eras of dominance uh, all the way back, as far as I can remember, anyway. Um, so I don't mind that too much once there's a bit of racing the problem we now have is we don't have that much racing whether we just have a bit of a, a time trial where they're all really you know jumping out of each other's way a lot of the time unless they they really come into it into wheel to wheel battle which is rare um but yeah i think it was uh it was a good 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 weekend as i said for ferrari uh aston martin seemed to be struggling a little bit maybe the early uh, the early uh, season form the, this pace of development now is starting to drop them behind a little bit uh, Silverstone will be a good barometer for that coming up this weekend. The Aston Martin should go well at Silverstone, so if, if we don't see them kind of on the podium day there, that could be a bit of a, you know, they kind of might have just burnt out a bit early, which which would be a pity. I'm sure Alonso wouldn't be too happy about that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Rich, I suppose someone said to me recently, I'd like to get your thoughts on it in relation to Verstappen and his level of dominance, where they actually have a very different view to what maybe we've had of. The bigger picture over, you know, aside from last weekend, or in that we felt it was born, it was monotonous, whatever, Indies better and all this. Someone came with a completely different view that they actually really enjoy how dominant Verstappen is and how consistently good he is, despite the fact that the machinery is so good. Have you any kind of thoughts on maybe that particular take? Yeah, sure. I suppose, like, every individual fan has their own view on Formula One and of course you're going to get the fans that, that love the dominance of Max um, probably you know he's without doubt the best driver in the best car at the moment and like that we've seen dominance in the past but I don't know if we've seen dominance like Max's normally you know when Mercedes were dominant at least the two teammates were having a race it's 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 not like that with, with Max and Checo or, or whoever's in there with him. But, um, no, look, at fair play to Max, fair play to the team. You know, they're just they're five steps ahead of everyone else. And I suppose that has to be commended as well. I know we give out that it's a bit boring and processional, but that's not Max's fault or the team's fault. Like They're, they're just doing a super job. Yeah, because, Barry, at the end of the day, in time, while it may seem whatever, wishy-washy, at the minute, it's this literal, I suppose, sequence of events that will lead to us talking maybe in 10 years' time about, geez, how good was this fella? So, like... See, it's all the glasses is what it is, really. Yeah. You know? Everyone's looking back at the, you know, the shoe, the Schumacher and, you know, he was Schumacher wasn't liked. But Dom, I know there's the British press angle, I think, but in general, he wasn't liked when he was, when he was winning everything. Um... Senna wasn't liked when he was winning everything. You know, you can you can find this. You can go back and you go further and further, and you'll find you know that sort of thing going on. And you know, Hamilton probably similar with it. Vettel definitely was definitely not Vettel. particularly liked. Um, and now in the fullness of time, then everybody goes, "Oh, do you remember Michael? Wasn't he brilliant? Do you remember Ayrton? Do you remember Vettel? You know, do you remember Hamilton?" 
So that's what happens. I think it's just uh, it's natural. I kind of laugh a little bit when you see people getting so up, up, uptight about it, and you know they're 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 not they're living in the past. They're not living in the moment and appreciating it, you know. And then the, the same, not maybe that hard and fast Hamilton fans who just you know it didn't matter what. Jesus, if Verstappen gave away all his earnings and saved five thousand children out of a burning house, there'd still be something wrong with them, you know. So there's <laughs> there's still they're gonna be there's gonna be them no matter what. You're gonna have them no matter what happens. Um, but taking those, you know, type of people out of the out of the picture, you know, your general kind of um, on the fence type, you know, neutrals, let's say, you know, they they'll come around in a few years and they'll be telling everyone down the pub that you know. Because I remember watching Verstappen when he was, you know, he was mega, he was awesome, he was this and the other, and he is, and so were all those other people we just mentioned that that came came through at um, periods of dominance and and as a result, you know, not being particularly liked by the general public. So, but yeah, it's it, like all you got, like from a from a performance point of view, it's very impressive to watch what he can do because, you know, if you if you if you ever think that it's just the car. All you got to do is 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 look down through the timesheets, and you go down a fair bit before you see uh, uh, Perez, um, and and that's the difference by and large. That's the difference that 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 Max is bringing to the party. Um, he, he has more points won himself. Like he was, he would, he, he'd still be leading the constructors' championship with only Verstappen's one points. So even if you drop Perez's points out of it, they still have enough points to be leading the constructors' championship of two cars so i mean how, how can you not respect that and and the, the pit stop at the end of the race you know oh, and, you know and he's been he's been it's been you know circulated now that he's he's not taking it serious and jesus that's exactly what someone who's taking it serious is doing you know they're not taking it serious and he's just it's it's just a game to him and all the rest but there might be an element of a game to it but he's making it interesting for himself, and he's he's not leaving anything on the table. Would they rather he just drove around a half second off the pace and, you know, dilly dally to a win by a couple of seconds, or do what he did, which is head down and pass his lap on the last lap? You know, that's that's a plus right. in my book. Barry, how do you call that? Like doing that last lap pit stop to get the fastest lap of the race. How would you call that him acting the bollocks per se? No, like that's him being ruthless at his best. Mm-hmm. And you know who took the point off? Perez. Perez. His mm. teammate, yeah. Like, right. the team didn't want him to do it. Like, they, they, they honestly didn't want him to do it. Like, and you can hear him on the radio. Come on, guys. Like, 24 seconds. And to do one of the most riskiest things, like, yeah. where something can go wrong so simply, like, and still have the balls to do it, him and the team. Fair play. A fair play to Bowen, man. Like, he's putting a lot of, he's putting a lot of um, trust in, in, in the... In his crew, the pit crew, to, to do it. Um, for one point, it's definitely. I mean, the risk reward doesn't really stack up on it. But I'm sure if it was, you know, if it was tighter in the championship, he wouldn't do it. But it's not, so he did. And you know, why not? I think there's two things there. Like, I mean, and they actually lead into the same point essentially, right? Like, I mean, he has he has the cake, he has the icing, but he wants the fucking cherry as well. There's, there's, there's ruthless conflict, right? And then. Um, the motivation, that's that's motivation. I was going to ask you, like, I mean, you know, whenever you go through a winning run, you know, to, to maintain that motivation. And I suppose when whenever you know that you have a car that's superior, to still not fall into any period of whatever, we'll say complacency. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that's that's just a different specimen, lads, isn't it? Like, it has to be said. 
It's just somebody that wants to be the fastest all the time. Every session, every time he sits in the car, he wants to be fast. Yep. Yeah. And, and how I do you do that? I, I as racers, how how do you how do you like? I mean, some will say I probably either have it or you don't. Right? There's got to be times where you've gone to a circuit, and you're not as motivated every day you go out. I don't care what anyone says. And if you are, you're just a fucking ridiculous human being altogether. So how how do you get yourself into that position where you can maximise how driven and motivated you are, I suppose, on any given day whenever something's happening like that? I, I don't see... I, I don't know how much... I, it could be... I don't know. It's not really sports psychology friendly, let's say. But r- racing... And Richie will probably back me up on this. Racing is a pretty... You know, it's it's pretty black and white when it comes down to it. Driving a driving a car fast, you know, you you, you break at the last minute. You, you carry as much speed as you can. You get on the throttle as fast as you can, and like that's I mean, that's making it really really easy, obviously. But you know, if you're a little bit less motivated, like let's break that down. What does that actually mean? That you're going to just start breaking early? It doesn't. You know, you're not going to do that. You're, there's obviously push push laps where you're trying to get the last couple of tenths out of it, but. But after that, if you're if you can drive, and obviously anyone in F1 can drive, let alone Verstappen, if you can drive, you're just there, there's no real incentive. You do, it's it's not like running where you're expelling energy or anything, you know, in, in that sense where you're saying right, I'll I'll save a bit for later in the race physically. You, you're still going to break at the at the breaking point, and you're still going to try and get on the power as early as possible. And to do it any other way is counterintuitive. And nearly more dangerous in some ways. I don't mean dangerous as in, you know, going to kill yourself. I mean dangerous as in make a mistake or, or, or lose time or whatever. So I think the motivated bit comes comes with everything outside of the car. It comes from, you know, do you want to be there in the first place? Do you want to go through all the other crap that F1 drivers have to go through? You know, the media, the, the travel, the living out of a suitcase in a hotel and, you know, making woe is, woe is me. It's like, it's not a bad life, let's be honest. But it's all that stuff that will become the that'll become the drag. I think just driving the car, there's pretty much only one setting for that um, in most cases. And you might peel it back a little bit to save the tyres, but you're talking, you know, a couple of tenths or half a second a lap. It's the motivation is to keep getting up and keep, you know, if, if Max is racing on this weekend coming in, in Silverstone, you know, he'll have to be getting, well, maybe not this weekend because it's, in, you know, both of them are in Europe, but if it was a flyaway and there was, you know, jet lag and all to take into it he, he's got to start preparing for that probably the monday or the tuesday you know early early nights not doing anything too wild but you know to get himself lined up for it that's where the motivation comes in i think you know just holding it flat through cops or whatever is just second nature that's the easy bit i think anyway and i think it's it's pretty much the same and right the way down to club racing you know you just you might want it more it might maybe when you get into a into a into a dog fight with someone on the track that may be where it'll show itself. But I think in terms of just banging in the lap times, that's pretty much set. Richie? Yeah. Oh, Barry's gone, Mister. Well, I was going to ask, got your back. You're getting a call probably, were you? Yeah. Uh, like, what I was going to ask there to, to Richie, I suppose, was was based kind of on, on what you were saying, well, entirely on what you were saying as it turned out, because I was going to ask about going for the gap. Is that where the motivation comes in? Is there ever a day where maybe you're not as inclined to maybe we'll say take the, whatever the risk is and then the second thing was as you say like everything outside of the car you know these guys are so fortunate in one sense as well that while they have an enormous amount of pressure it is literally just that that they have to worry about whereas just say whenever you two boys go and do whatever you're, i mean 
what's going on at home. These boys, to be honest with you, they're, they're so selfish and they have to live that way. I wouldn't think they'd think about what's going on at home the same way as any of us three. Because it's accepted that whoever maybe comes into their life, I would say, knows that that's the way they're going to be. And they have to be willing to accept that to be maybe part of one of those guys. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's probably coming from internally more than anything else that they, they just go, you know what, I'd rather be at home this weekend with the kids or, I'd, you know, and like we've all, I, I know I, I've, you know, a father now, three and a half year old and a 15 year old, 15 month old. So it's only, it's new to me and Richie's got a couple of older kids, so it probably went through it as well. But yeah, there's, there's an element of that where, you know, again, it's club race and it's a long, long way away, but, you know, we're all, we're all humans at the end of the day. So, yeah, there's an element of kind of going, you know, it's not the most important thing in your life anymore and it's, you know, there's other things going on. And I don't think the Sebastian Vettel's and, you know, whoever of this world is just thinking of Vettel because he's, that's pretty much, he said, why he gave it up. He just had enough of traveling around. He want to see his kids grow up. So, again, though, it's out of the car. I think once you're in that, you're not thinking about, you know, nappies and bedtime feedings when you're trying to hold it, you know, flat through the first part of the country in Mandela or, you know, or, you know, cops in Silverstone this weekend. I think there's no space in your brain for that, but it's it's all the other stuff. I do think it would, uh, yeah, they mightn't, if their missus came to them and said, listen, time to give it up there, you know, Sebastian or whatever, it might be a different story because they're saying, well, now you knew what you get involved with and, you know, there's a million quid a month getting lodged into the bank account, so Maybe just have a little think about what you're asking me for. But but if from from his own point of view, if he's just feeling that it's you know I'd rather be somewhere else, you know that's that's probably it. Richie, you went through it before me. Yeah, I was just going to say like an awful lot of it's in your makeup as well. Like like I'm I'm damn sure every driver in the world, not just Formula One, me Barry, like you know when you have the small children or you know if the wife is barking auntie about cost of racing or whatever, like. That you don't just shut that out, like you, I mean, you still think about those things on race day, but but like whatever the case may be, once they step through the garage door, or me and Barry's case, you sit into the car, like you just all that gets blacked out for for that length of time you're sitting in that car, you, you just you blank all that, and it's just pure focus on what you're there to do. So I'd yeah. say like they don't. Max Max is not walking around all weekend like a robot. You know what I mean? I'm sure he has something going on somewhere but but you just and max probably better at it than anyone else in formula one that when he walks through the garage door he can just black that out regardless of what it is or what's going on black it out sit in the car think about your job and that's all you think about for the length of time you're sitting in the car very simple when you break it down rich <laughs> yeah. it, it is because it's not your your you can't be think, you just it's one of the reasons why i suppose racing is so popular with you know, people like at an amateur level that, you know, that have maybe high stress jobs and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, there's the, the money side of it too. So it might be a correlation there. But, you know, if you're playing golf or football or whatever, there's periods of time during the competition when you're, when you're not active, let's say, you know, so if you're, you, you know, you, you, you tee off and then you walk, you, you follow the ball up to the, hopefully the fairway and you have three or four minutes of a walk, you know, you're not, playing the game at that moment you know not in the sense that if you're in a race car you you get into the car the lights go green and even what we're doing is 20 minutes or in half an hour or f1 terms is longer and the you know multiple hours in endurance racing where you literally are on the whole time you're 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 
you don't get a breath when the ball goes out of play or when the other, you know, goes to the other end of the pitch or anything. Your your mind is one hundred percent switched onto that, so you can't think of anything else, even if you wanted to. You, you can't like it's just it's, you know, you'll be in the gravel or you'll be so far off yeah. the base that it's it's, it's not going to matter. Like you know, and you have more trouble. So it, it is unique in that sense that that the, the the sport is so mentally driven and so full on when you're in it. Maybe when they go and have a meeting with the engineer afterwards is when it might start showing up. They're kind of half at the meeting and half thinking about whatever's going on at home or outside their life. And maybe that has an impact ultimately on the on their performance. But I can guarantee you they're not breaking 20 yards earlier just because, you know, one of the kids has a cold or something. That's that's definitely not happening at, at any yeah. level. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you and I get it. I'm, I'm intrigued, you see. It's... Uh... It's literally two different worlds, I suppose, you know, in, in, in one sense where, yeah, yeah, no, just, just to get that from guys who are involved, even at a level much different to what the lads do is, um, it's pretty cool to get that insight because it's not something that I think that most of our listeners will have an understanding of, and that's great. Um, the great thing about this show where you have two guys who know a little bit about going around the circuit anyway. Um, what, well, call it? So, uh, what was I going to say? The calendar, I wanted to chat to you about the calendar before we finish up. So 24 races next year. And it seems their big sell is uh, moving Japan to April for, um, I don't know, it's convenience purpose, right way of putting it. And I was looking at this and I was saying, yeah, convenient. America in April or May and then back over there again, later part of the year, uh, Middle East start of the year, Middle East end of the year. Yeah, sure. Moving Japan is definitely going to move this argument. Like <laughs> ridiculous, but still, yeah. Twenty twenty four seems as what it's going to be. So, any thoughts? It's getting busier and busier, isn't it? So, what's what? what when when's it starting? I haven't seen it. I'm presuming it's starting mid mid March or something and running to mid November. Similar oh, sort of track. Similar, I, don't, I actually don't have the exact dates in front of me here right now, but it's similar eight sort of track. Eight months, effectively. So three, an average of nearly three races per month. It's, it's pretty full on, and it's 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 yeah. I think it's definitely at the the upper end of what they can do. They can be doing because they don't want to. Uh, I understand they want to they want to capitalize and financially, but you don't want to dilute it either and end up that it's you know not as. I mean, geez, if it was an FA Cup final every weekend, it wouldn't really be the same, would it? It has to. You know, it was an Olympics every. You know, every six months instead of every four years, just there's there's definitely a limit of what you want and how often. And I think they're probably they're probably pushing the boundaries at this stage. Yeah, I'm going to borrow I'm going to borrow um, a Gabe Warren analogy here. He said, "Always leave them wanting more." And I think a lot of our arguments might be because we might possibly have had a little bit too much and too much of the same with that. I think if 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 even if that was spaced out, we might have forgotten about the previous one a little bit quicker. But when they're so close together and so mediocre times, uh, that's probably where um, it it can be difficult. But have you any thoughts in general in in, in what way that's going to pick out next year? Probably, probably somewhere similar to this year. Like I think Red Bull have already started development on next year's car with strides ahead of everyone else. Um, and just touching on your point there, like. Do, do you know too much of anything can be a bad thing and as Barry said you know me and Kevin that are into our GAA or soccer or whatever like I mean an All-Ireland final is one thing but having it two All-Ireland finals every month for eight months I don't think you know 
you get sick of it very, very quickly. Like, and especially if there's dominance like Max again. But um, I, I don't know. It's very, very close to being too much. You know, 20, 20, even at 20 races, we were sort of saying that races in a season. We're going to 24 now, so I don't know. It's, as Barry said, it's, it's absolutely shoving the boundaries here now. I, do you know what? I liken it to something similar, seeing as Roger into this, right? But I wouldn't be a particular fan of the round robin thing that they brought into Hurling uh, this year, be it Munster or Leinster. And this is effectively a, a kind of a similar issue enough type comparison where you've got all this happening week in, week out. And then, Jesus, like, it just literally diluted the whole thing, I felt. And you could pick and not, not that you can pick and choose in F1, of course, it's slightly different than that. But yeah. Um, I thought they might have tapered it back a little bit further. Like, I mean, I'm not overly surprised. Um, but at what point does money, I'm not going to say not become an object, but can you just say, right, we might lose a little bit, but we have an awful lot. And it might do a little bit more for what we are and who we are. Uh, have they listened at all? Like, or is there just a lot more people that are happy enough to have all these races, Barry? I think... See, initially what they did was they lengthened the calendar a little bit. You know, they kind of started a month early and raced a month later. And that didn't have as much an impact of, on the compactness of the calendar, maybe, because they just the, effectively they added the extra races at the start and the end and just made it a longer season as opposed to a busier season, if that makes any sense. But, yeah, I think, you know, I think they need to look at it from, instead of looking at each Grand Prix as an individual event, and they're kind of going, well, we're selling them all out, like so there must be an appetite for it. Well, that just means there's an appetite for one event in that area per year. But, the, you know, the sport is viewed and followed by people who watch all the events all year long. And that's the person that they need to make sure they're not getting to saturation point. You know, just because they can get 100,000 people at Miami and a week later they can get 100,000 people in canada and three weeks later 100,000 people in france that's it's a very different thing to seeing if they get 100,000 people in miami three weeks in a row um which they just won't obviously that's not going to happen whereas that's what they're asking at a tv audience which is where the money is ultimately at the end of the day that is where the money is and that's where the following comes from yeah right if someone if someone came up to you in the morning and said right barry i'm going to finance you i'm going to send you to all 24 races next season. It'll be all expenses paid, your hotels, your flights, your... But you have to be at the circuit from 8 o'clock Thursday morning and you do not leave till 8 o'clock Monday morning. But it's not going to cost you anything. I'm going to send you to all 24 races and you, you can't miss one. Yeah. Would you do it? No. Simple as that. Just, just, I just wouldn't. I mean, I... It sounds sounds greedy, but I'd have to be very well paid to do it, to be honest, you know, because it's like it's don't be, you know, it, it's it's the dream in many ways, wouldn't it? To get to go to every F1 race for the, for the whole season. But, you know, it can become work very, very quickly. And I wouldn't take yeah. it, it would be too long. To, and that's the problem that's happening now with all of the, the teams and the journalists and everything else is that they're having the exact that that's the conundrum they're they're facing, that they're getting dragged all around the world. And, you know. Yeah, of course, some of them are getting extraordinarily well paid for it, but the vast majority are just on an average wage like the rest of us. So that's mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 gonna lose its its shine very very quick. I think for for those guys. 
Yeah, and I bet you if you did a survey among the media people and and somewhere into their forties and fifties of how many are actually in a relationship, very few are. It just yeah. doesn't help to it. Like that's it's it's a young single man's game, or certainly a single man's game, if not if not young. You know, yeah. young lifestyle otherwise. So yeah, like one a month, one a month is one thing, or one one every three weeks or something would be something. But no, I think it'd be a big ask to ask anyone with a life outside of a, a, of of F one in itself, and that's probably why you have the likes of Alonso still at it because it, it is his life, and that's how he's able to keep doing it. And you know, the others the others drop away; they don't get slower really. They just lose the just lose the passion for it, and other things step in the way, and you know, take over. So it's uh just don't want that to happen to the audience either. That's 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 the obviously. Real what was the analogy Jensen Button used? Um, you don't lose the speed, you lose the need. Yeah, yeah, that's I didn't hear that one, but that's it in a nutshell. That's it. Mm. Well, look, thankfully, the FIA are making sure we don't have to worry about it because there's no sight in the light of accreditation passes. Lads. <laughs> <laughs> They're saving us from ourselves, They're doing us a yeah. favor. We're safe, we're safe for another while. Uh, just a thought that might have even looked after us with Silverstone or something like that. But there could be a little trick to this now that I'm missing. It's most likely the problem. And me going up with the FAA will definitely help get us some in the future, of course. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but lads, I think that's it for now. Um, we'll have a chat again after Silverstone. And uh, thanks again. All right. Thanks to PFT Travel. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. Bye bye, bye, bye.